Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of nasal polyps from the respiratory section on MedBullets.com. Let's begin this episode with a definition of nasal polyp. Nasal polyps are non-cancerous growth of tissue due to chronic inflammation. Types of nasal polyps include allergic polyps, NSAID-associated polyps, polyps associated with an increased concentration of bronchoconstricting leukotrienes, and cystic fibrosis-associated polyps. Allergic polyps affect adults with long history of allergies. NSAID-associated polyps most commonly affects women with chronic pain conditions, for example fibromyalgia, and occurs because of increased activity of the lipoxygenase pathway when the cyclooxygenase pathway is blocked. It involves increased concentrations of bronchoconstricting leukotrienes. And finally, cystic fibrosis-associated polyps is seen in children. Note if a child has a nasal polyp, get a sweat chloride test to assess for cystic fibrosis. Note that cystic fibrosis involves hyperviscous mucus that leads to chronic nasosinus infections. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 42-year-old woman comes to her primary care physician because of an irritating sensation in her nose. She noticed recently that there seems to be a lump in her nose. Her past medical history is significant for pain that seems to migrate around her body and is refractory to treatment. She has intermittently been taking a medication for the pain and recently increased the dose of the drug. Which of the following processes was most likely responsible for development of this patient's complaint? 1. Decreased lipoxygenase pathway activity. 2. Decreased prostaglandin activity. 3. Increased allergic reaction in mucosa. 4. Increased lipoxygenase pathway activity. Or 5. Increased mucus viscosity. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4, increased lipoxygenase pathway activity. This patient with migratory pain that is refractory to treatment most likely has fibromyalgia that she is treating with NSAIDs, which are a risk factor for development of nasal polyps. NSAIDs lead to polyps due to increased lipoxygenase activity. Remember, nasal polyps are non-cancerous growth of tissue due to chronic inflammation. They are associated with allergies, NSAID administration, and cystic fibrosis. NSAID-associated polyps are most common in women with chronic pain syndromes such as fibromyalgia who use prolonged courses of NSAID pain medications. These polyps develop because of increased activity of the lipoxygenase pathway due to substrate shunting when the cyclooxygenase pathway is blocked by the NSAID. The lipoxygenase pathway therefore produces increased concentrations of bronchoconstricting leukotrienes. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, decreased lipoxygenase activity would be seen with a drug that blocks this enzyme, however NSAIDs inhibit cyclooxygenase and shunt more substrates into the lipoxygenase pathway. Answer choice 2, decreased prostaglandin activity is seen after NSAID administration, however the cause of NSAID-associated polyps is shunting of substrates into the lipoxygenase pathway. Answer choice 3, 
increased allergic reaction in mucosa is associated with allergic nasal polyps. However, these would only be found in patients with long-standing allergies. And finally, answer choice 5, increased mucus viscosity is seen in cases of cystic fibrosis-associated nasal polyps. However, this patient does not have a history consistent with cystic fibrosis. In summary, NSAID-associated nasal polyps are a result of increased activity of the lipoxygenase pathway after cyclooxygenase inhibition. And that's all for this review about nasal polyps. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.